touch of your lips, dear, but much more for the touch of your whips, dear. You can raise welts like nobody else as we dance to the masochism tango. Say our love is a flame, not an amber. Say it's me that you want to dismember. Blacken my eye, set fire to my tie as we dance to the masochism tango. At your command, before you here I stand, my heart is in my hand. Yes. <laughs> it's here that I must be. My heart entreats, just hear those savage beats and go put on your cleats and come and trample me. is hard as stone or mahogany that's why i'm such exquisite agony my soul is on fire it's a flame with desire which is why i perspire when we tango you caught my nose in your left castanet love i can feel the pain yet love Every time I hear drums And I envy the rose That you held in your teeth Love With the thorns underneath Love Sticking into your gums Your eyes cast a spell that bewitches The last time I needed twenty to sew up the gash you made with your lash as we dance to the masochism tango. Bash in my brain, then make me scream with pain, then kick me once again and say we'll never part. I know too well I'm underneath your spell, so darling if you smell something burning it's my heart. Take your cigarette from its holder and burn your initials in my shoulder. Fracture my spine and swear that you're mine as we dance to the masochism tango. Stars lean down to kiss you, and I lie awake and miss you. Pour me a heavy dose of atmosphere. Cause all goes off safe and soundly, but I'll miss your arms around me. I'd send a postcard to you, dear, cause I wish you were here.
Okay, so welcome to the show, Samuel. How are you today? I'm feeling good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. No, I have to say you've sort of soldiered on through because you do have a bit of a bit of a sore throat and you blocked up a wee bit. So I do appreciate you coming in and uh, and talking to me. No worries. Um, so first of all, the people listening probably aren't going to know you. So tell us a wee bit about yourself, why you think you're here today, and yeah, just tell us about you. Yeah, all right. Uh, well, I've been poly for about a year or so, at least aware of it and openly so, although like so many people, as soon as you think about it, you're like, that explains so much. And it just mm-hmm. clicks really well. Uh, otherwise, I'm 31-year-old knowledge-based administrator data nerd who is this complete geek and, yeah, quite boring, actually. <laughs> okay, now... Obviously, I'm in the middle of a multi-part sort of series, mini-series within the podcast mm-hmm. around online and long-distance relationships. So you're in an online relationship at the moment, Correct. long distance. Indeed. They go hand in hand, but I like to separate them as well because not all long-distance relationships are online. It can be somebody's away for an extended period of time in the army or away to Antarctica or whatever the hell it may be. So... Um, how long have you been in this relationship, first of all? Uh, since May 3rd or 4th, so basically seven months. Okay, so you were poly before you got into this relationship? Yeah. And that was obviously well spoken between the two of you? It was yes, it's actually discussed. how we uh, first encountered each other was through a Facebook poly group. Oh, fantastic. That's handy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and, and what sort of, how did you get together, I guess? Uh, it's it's that typical geeky online romance thing. Um, we were just commenting on each other's posts in this group and, you know, kept agreeing with each other and then started chatting directly and from there everything just kind of almost suspiciously clicked so well into place. Like, I don't like the word soulmate, but we get along so well, it's creepy at times. <laughs> That's cool, though. It's, it's nice to be able to have at least that sort of one person too be able to be yourself with and just relax with and even if it's not face to face it's still yeah human yeah. interaction which is which is awesome now you've met have you or? uh not in person that happens in 19 days you must be excited i am indeed i get to go to hawaii which is my spiritual home <laughs> i get to meet her and i'm really really hyper i love that you say that hawaii is your personal home you've come in here with a fantastic Hawaiian shirt on. I think every time you see me, I'm uh, yeah, I, was, I, was, I was just about to say that. Yeah, that's magnificent. Um, so she lives in Hawaii, does she? Ah, uh, no, she lives in Florida. Okay, so you're just sort of meeting in the middle. Yeah, yeah, it was the midway point for cost and yeah. distance. Yeah, yeah. It was like this for Fiji. Fiji would have been a bit far for her, I think. That's yeah, that's quite a yeah, distance. Yeah, it's a hell of a trick for sure, and. Yeah, so that that's kind of it's kind of how I think that's kind of how people meet in general nowadays, isn't it? Through through online stuff, or yeah. it's not so much going up to somebody in a bar and going, "Hey." Yeah, hey, I think we've now got to a point where it's a lot easier to meet based on shared interests through the internet, through yeah. social media, uh, FitLife, Facebook, all those things. Yep. And you kind of just this brilliant aspect of you already know that they're interested in something you're interested in because you're on the same. Page on that. Yeah. So you don't have to sit there awkwardly fumbling for a line about, so you like stuff. See, it's just. See, I love using that line anyway. It it is good in a blind situation. The the more awkward shit is, the more I'm. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good, right? So I I guess. um, Have you been in in a long distance or online relationship before this one, or is this the first? Uh, I have. Back in my mono days, I used to say. Uh, yes, I have. <laughs> I've had both one where my partner at the time was away for five, six weeks. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of emailing back and forth. Yep. Um, and also some postcards, although they were quite mobile around Central uh, America, so it was kind of hard guessing where they'd be with the postcard. Mm-hmm. That was easy for me. And uh, prior to that, I've also had a long distance relationship where I met someone and they moved back to Canada and so we were coming to Canada and so there. Well that was, you know, in the heavy days of high school. Yeah. Just on memory. Yeah, see now this is interesting because I spoke last episode um about the differences in long distance relationships where you've met somebody who is already far away 
and you plan to meet up and go from there and you've also got the part where you've met in person first and then it's going to, to sort of split into yeah. a different sort of dynamic. Um, so for you, looking back on it now, because it was obviously a bit of distance, you've grown a bit personally as well, what were sort of the, the differences and some of the challenges you faced between the two different types? I think the biggest difference is when you meet someone in person, whether it's for a short time or a long time, and then move apart, you go through different life experiences, mm -hmm. but you have the foundation that when you first meet that person, when you are associated with that person, you will you know, yourself at that time. Yeah, yeah. And keeping up with the changes can be quite hard. When we meet up again, uh, my first LDR, well, we were in very different spaces and very mm -hmm. different uh, lifestyles. What we for was very different. So there was quite a big barrier we found there because we, dr we drifted apart because different things had happened. And yeah, sure. It was in high school, so... We were interested in different things, really, out of the high school, different you know, study paths, things like that. So it did kind of drive a wedge in there. Mm -hmm. Part of that is though probably also the age just itself. But mm -hmm. also, you have the common experiences in person together, which you then view differently as time goes on, yeah. on each side, based on your subsequent experiences, which can make it kind of hard to keep that same original energy and that same original emotional connection alive when... You've got that forced disconnect going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And that can happen in GCRs as well, geographically close relationships, yeah, where people just they drift, drift apart. And yes. it, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So I don't think that that's really too far different yeah. from, from anything. But what I will put into there is the, the communication side of things is very, very different when you're in person as opposed to when you're, when you're yeah. far apart. And <clears throat> the reason I say this, I touched on it last episode again, which is why I want to talk about it is that when you're talking online to somebody, not even online, if you're talking in person, only 7% is actually hearing the words and yeah. and responding to that. The rest of it is body language, you know, um, tone, how even response and all of that sort of thing. So with that, being able to be together and seeing all of that and then moving to that long-distance dynamic, I think that that sort of messes up that sort of communication it as does. well. When you think you know the person so well, but they've changed it, you're still thinking of how they would originally see things. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And yeah, a lot of the tone shifts did get quite considerable, especially I mean, like, as close as Canada and New Zealand are in terms of their culture. Mm. Certain tone shifts did cause strife. Like you'd make a Kiwi joke, and they'd be like, "I don't get what's going on." Mm -hmm. You'd be like, "I'll bag it." You would have gone this if you were still here. That's what yeah. uh, in my current one, quite often, because that mostly start off textually, tone is quite a hard thing to get across when it's just words on a screen. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, and even when you're talking on a phone, you really need like a video call function or something like that so you can see their face. E even then, though, I feel video calls don't give the full picture. No, no, they don't. Because it's quite a narrow slice of mm. the person you are and your environment. And usually also, you're always looking away from the phone. Yes, yeah. we'll be talking about saying and turning to look at it rather than turning the phone to And and it's kind of I find it kind of interesting because when you're talking to even a partner or anything like that in a general sense, even like we are now, you tend not to look directly at the person. Yeah. And and that seems to be the disconnect when you're talking on like FaceTime or Skype or something like that as well. Is you don't just want to sit there looking at the screen and going or if you do that too much, it's considered quite intense and can be quite <laughs> intimidating, I guess, yeah. as well. Also, quite often, your camera and your screen aren't one-to-one. -one. No. So you always like you're looking down because the camera's above the screen. Yeah. You're looking up or anything like that. Yeah. And that, that's a weird thing when, I, when I'm... Because I've FaceTimed a few people that have been on the show and, and Skyped. Um, and it's really kind of difficult because you're trying to look at the screen, looking at what they're doing. And you're also trying to look at the camera, which... I mean, you're looking at my laptop now. You can see it at the top there, and it and it just becomes all quite awkward and yeah. and somewhat unnatural, I guess. Yes, you, you do get that whole kind of. I'm looking at you to see your face, and then when I'm talking, I'm looking at the camera and <laughs> Does at times, yeah, become almost like a forced humour in it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Sort of like, what are you looking at? Why aren't you looking at me? No, I have. It's just you're off to the side. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> exactly. So you've been you've been in a few you've had a few GCRs as well. Yep. Geographic yep. Post, which is which is awesome. So I'm also currently in one of those, so I got the 
both yours? See, I didn't know that. Ah, yeah. I didn't know that. That's a more recent development. Aha! <laughs> How recent are we talking? Oh, like formally, officially, probably like five weeks. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. But again, ask which one of us the start date is when we two different yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And that's why <laughs> eventually you have to sit down and have that talk. You're like, what are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? Well, what label shall we apply? Yeah. There's ever so many right now. Yeah. Isn't that just? Um, so I, I guess moving back to the sort of online and long distance, long distance thing, you've been in that for a fair while. You've not met in person. So what had what had gravitated you to that sort of thing? Because you've been in a few. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, I love words. They're mm-hmm. my, me and my work in every day. So the ability to communicate through text is quite appealing to me. It does allow for a certain level of thinking about your words mm-hmm. and also... Uh, I suppose you can always look up reference material if they say something that seems really smart and you're desperately good to see what they said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, although, with my partner, that's a bit more difficult because the things she frequently says you can't easily Google. Uh, <laughs> I think she does just to get to me. Um, but yeah, a lot of it is that, and also that lack of pressure because you can talk to them and in the less than the initial stages, you've got a delay. Mm-hmm. I mean, while it does lead to some anxiety, you're like, oh crap, they haven't responded to say the wrong thing. I really like this person. I really hope they just them off. Yeah. Insulted their family honor, anything like that. But the flip side of it is you can. You're not in Yuga Montoya here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Dishonor on me, dishonor my cow. But um, <laughs> you do have the ability to say something and then almost separate it from every other stress in your life, it does give mm-hmm. you that emotional freedom, yeah. which is also takes a lot of the pressure out of getting into a relationship mm-hmm. at that initial step. Yeah. And the, the, the thought, um, the fact that you can think about your words is, is I think, a huge part oh, of it too. as well. And this is why I think people, and I'm not saying you in this, but online relationships and things like that, for people who have social anxiety and things like that, I see no issue with them um, going onto online and they can... And they can sort of come out of their shell in this sort of online forum. Yeah. And then maybe that ends up they go and they become a little bit more social and it helps them out. Or maybe not, it doesn't matter, but they're still being able to get a social side of themselves out there. Yeah, it does definitely break down all the requirements to perform, to look a certain way, to dress a way, to sound a certain way, to not be loud or quiet or anything like that. It does give you the ability to just go, this is the part of me that I wish to currently display. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's true, it may not be 100% the entire part of you, but it's not so important because you never show anyone the full part of you ever. It's always, yeah. it's always just a facet. Yeah. But it gives you the ability to choose a facet rather than dwelling on your own appearance or the environment you're in or, you know, any other things that may be going on. Yeah. You can just think about it, say your words, maybe edit them. Uh, and even just delete them and start all over again, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Or just uh, edit out new typos or anything like that. Uh, sometimes you realize you're using the wrong kind of slang and things like that. It allows you to give that whole, you know, think about your words before you speak them. Yeah, which absolutely. Is a lot harder to do in person than it is online. And it does just take a bit of that anxiety away. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that. And so. Looking, looking from the outside, uh, a lot of people don't think that online or long-distance relationships work. They see it fall apart. You see it in the movies all over the place. As soon as two people are, uh, have distance between them, then people are going to cheat. People are going to blah, 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 blah. What's the appealing side of it for you? Um, well, obviously, one of the big ways around that is the emotional awareness that you get being polyamorous. So that's just a, that's yeah. just a cheat sheet right there. Uh, I think one of the appealing things about it is I'm not speaking entirely selfishly here, I'm not limited in who I might meet based on my geographical area. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, what else we got? Well, again, the ability to separate kind of your words and your thoughts from your emotions at the time and your the other stress you got in life, that's a huge part of it as well. But mm-hmm. also, depending on how long the long distance is, you get quite a different slice of life from it. Like, mm-hmm. You might be sitting there stressing out of a problem, the other person's like, well, it's actually not that big a deal because of their cultural, their, you know, their experience and things like that. And then that gives you that ability to step back and you know, bounce off them in that sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I think a lot of it is just comes down to it's very easy to feel alone, especially like if you're in a smaller town or anything like that. And the fact that you can have and can sustain a relationship over greater distances is actually quite a reassuring and comforting feeling mm-hmm. because you on your own merits can stand up without just being a sex machine in person, which is obviously something I struggle with. <laughs> as well as Simon here does. I am a sex machine in person. Yes, you are indeed. <laughs> uh, I think there's a lot of people who disagree with that. But Possibly, but we're not inviting them. <laughs> They're not here, fuck them. Um, cool, so yeah, there's a lot of things that obviously are, are appealing for you. Um, I've been in a few online relationships myself. I think in this day and age, it's, it's becoming more and more common. Um, and the the detractors from it will say that it's just people not getting outside and not meeting people and and that that sort of thing really don't they? Yeah. Um, what's your answer to that? What do you think about that? Well, I kind of refer this back to the same old argument of everyone just sits on the train looking at their phones. Mm-hmm. Everyone sat on their train looking at the newspaper with the newspapers and the transfer stamping. Like technology doesn't change human interaction; it just allows a different medium to occur. Yeah. Uh, people used to have pen pals. I mean, look at wartime stories where people were communicating via letters that were three, four months delayed with their sweethearts back home mm-hmm. from the trenches to, you know, pastoral New Zealand. And yet we fully accepted that those relationships were real and stable and everything like that. I mean, remember, the competition was quite a lot yeah, less when every able-bodied man was sent to war. But <laughs> the whole concept of this isn't a real relationship or um, it won't stand up or it's just, you know, people talking to bots or getting mm-hmm. catfished online... Yeah, there's an element of that, and you know, but it's always a very small minority that the whole group gets labelled with. And I think basically it comes down to people judging everyone else's lifestyle choices because they don't want their own one to be seen as invalid. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, like a big part of my life is basically live and let live. You know, if it's not bothering you, back the hell off. But quite often you do get people saying it just doesn't seem real or it just seems like a very odd way to meet someone that comes up quite a lot. I yeah. think Tinder, when it first came out, did a lot to break those walls down because yeah. it was so popular. People are going, actually, it's not strange to meet a person based on a couple of photos and a quick couple of messages on an app on your phone. Mm-hmm. And even though LDRs through the internet have lasted way before Tinder came along, it did kind of mainstream it in. Back in the old MSN Messenger days, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, where did you go, MSN Messenger? Where did you go? <laughs> oh, I actually heard a thing about this the other day. They took it down because um, I was listening to a to a, uh, a true crime podcast, and they took it down because of the potential. And basically, the, the <coughs> oh, shit, I've just fucking knocked the fan over. Um, basically, the, the crime itself was a 14-year-old boy had um, consulted about five different personas online. And basically, what he got charged with was inciting to murder himself. The first internet trial. Mm. So, and the problem is the boy that he had duped into it went and did it. Yeah. And it, it ended up being attempted murder, but... Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, Emerson Messenger itself is a great example of that precursor where you actually needed very little information to start up. Facebook, at least, is a bit more secure that you need to have a bit more information readily available... And knowing Facebook, they have a hell of a lot more that I'll ask you for. They just take it. But um, yeah. and, and even Tinder, you have the choice of whether you want to talk to that person yeah. or not. And, and I think that's a big part of online relationships that needs to be identified is there is a very easy way in many respects to cut the communication. Yeah. I mean, ghosting is a horrible thing, but if you have a valid reason for it, totally ghost them. Flip like, out and run. The, yeah, there's generally not a day where I'm scrolling through my Facebook feed where I don't see a horror story that a guy has just not gotten the picture yeah. or has become... I was reading one today that was fucking atrocious. Um, I'll try and... If I remember when I'm editing this, I'll try and put it in, in the in the show notes of it. But it was just... Like, this girl must have told this guy about 22 times, fuck off, leave me alone. And And she didn't block him for the reason that she wanted to see what it would take for him to actually fuck off. Yeah. And he just didn't. He didn't. He, she ended up blocking him again, and he made another profile on Instagram, contacted her again. And they actually knew each other in person before it, which is oh, even, which is even yeah. creepier. 
But it's just not a day goes by where I don't see something yeah. I mean, atrocious like that. And there's two kind of aspects to that. First is obviously you have a lot more capacity nowadays is, is what they call you. you. You spam attack. You On Tinder you swipe on like 50 girls, send them all the same message. Who the rods. fuck gets 50 Tinder matches? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Sex machine is good. Um, I wouldn't know actually. Tinder's one of the few, very few apps that I've never even gone near, despite looking at app development as part of my job. Probably a good thing I didn't do that in my work. But, uh, you know, there is that concept of, you know, try the same line on 50 people. A 1 in 50 success rate isn't actually that terrible as long as your pool has more than 50 people in it. Mm-hmm. But. It's also interesting that people get that sense of entitlement around their internet communication. Yeah, yeah. yeah I said something nice to you. I mowed something. Yeah, no, no. You, you, you're an asshole. The, the, the hashtag nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Stories, yeah. And it's you're absolutely right. It's that stage where people often go, you know, like, oh, you can just block them. Well, actually, it's a good first step. They can still find ways around it. Mm-hmm. And it is, in every way, harassment. Yeah. It's very hard for. A lot of certainly an older generation can't really see it as harassment. It's not in person. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, we had that whole issue with cyberbullying, where people are going, "Well, it's just words. Can't you just ignore them?" It's like, well, Th- those all, words can affect human yeah, psyche. Yeah, and also all bullying is effectively it's either words or pain. And actually, when you get right down to the words, are pain. So it's mm. pain in person, or it's pain digitally through a medium. It's all something you've got to be aware of and work through. And again, with long distance relationships that have a lot of text involved. It is very easy to say something in the wrong way mm-hmm. or, or have it be taken the wrong way. Yeah, exactly. And hurt them without meaning to, and then you just realise how easy it is to do so and how careful you have to be mm-hmm. to be emotionally aware of them and also to be upfront and say, Hey, I didn't mean it that way, this yeah. is how I meant it, but I am sorry. Learn and move on. Especially when sometimes I think it happens a lot sometimes when there's not really a face on the other side. Yeah. And, it, and you feel as though if you're doing it, it's just words on the screen and nothing's ever going to really come of it or anything like that. Yeah. But it's still ingrained into what can actually, yeah, actually happen. And it's quite fucking terrifying. Yeah, a lot of people do sometimes struggle mm-hmm. with the whole identifying that there is a person at the other end of that communication. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's, it's a classic old uh, psychology thing. If you if you don't see them as a person, it's easier to dehumanize them and treat them like trash. Even if you don't mean to, you just don't put in that care that you would another person. It, it, it's kind of an odd twist on Schrodinger's cat. Yeah. If they're not there, if you can't see them, then it doesn't affect anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's like throw it out there and see what the reaction is, mm. and then do you, how do you take that reaction? And if you're also a you're not going to take the reaction well no matter what. So, yeah, yeah. But, um, that's that's the other thing that really does matter. And I'm I'm going to say this out there. I've done this before as well. Um, thankfully, I've learned the error of my ways. But doing the whole, where being friends with with a girl who's in a relationship or something like that, and they come to you for help, and you sit there and go, "Well, break up with them, be with me instead." That's fucking gross. So fucking gross. And it's usually from an online interaction yeah. that they're coming to. You generally don't do it in person because most people who are who are portraying these behaviours don't have the balls to do that in person. I know I fucking didn't. Um, but it's it's and this goes into the whole nice guy thing, is yeah. you're there for them, you put a shoulder on and then you try and put your hand between the crutch or yeah, something yeah, like that. Exactly. And it's you're being it's, driven by the wrong impulse there. Yeah, exactly. If you gen- if you're genuinely life. trying to help then you don't put yourself in this, into yeah. that situation. You go, okay, leave him. Be on your own for a while. I'm going to be here to help you out. Be on your own. Sort your stuff out. Absolutely. That's what you need to do instead of just going, oh, well, be with me instead and jump from one unhealthy relationship to another. Yeah. And a lot of times in online long-distance relationships, that's quite often how they start. But because you've got that time to think about the words and to consider things, you seem more considered and rational and mm-hmm. emotionally mature than you may be or than the people in their life are because you've got that time and distance to sit back and go, well, how do I want to sound here or what's a good answer here and you yeah. mature it over. And quite often that, as is you know, a great meme, that sometimes a simple act of kindness seems like an expression of love because that's what you're not used to and that's a mm-hmm. massive display of it. 
in reality, it's just what you deserve. And, you know, yeah. being nice, having someone be nice to you isn't a reward. It's kind of like a human decency. Yeah. And I think people's own feelings also come into that as well. So if, if a guy's into a girl and she does something nice for him, the guy's going to think that she's into him. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's horrendously common as well. Whereas it's just the girl being nice. Just take it for what it is. If she doesn't want any, if she doesn't want to be together with you or anything like that, one, if she wants to, she may say something. She may not. She may wait for you to make the move. But if you make that move and then just go, hey, how about it? I think that's honestly, I think that's probably one of the better ways to go. Yeah. And then it's about yes, awesome, sweet, shit's going well. No, okay, cool. I'm still a friend to you. Yeah. And it's that reaction that I think changes a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm famous for saying you need to be about as subtle as a throwing anvil to get my attention because I'm just going to assume you're not interested in me because I'm not here. I'm not playing around to keep your interest in me. I'm just trying to be a decent human being. And and if someone says, you know, oh, I'm actually kind of interested in you, and then I'm like, oh, well, now let me consider that. Yeah. Sure, cool. Or, hey, you're not my type. But you do deserve better, and I will help you yeah. in well, that respect. What's great about this is a mutual friend of ours, Shan. Um, we had a podcast way back in episode eight. It was literally just a whole podcast where it was 90% innuendo. Oh, yeah. And it took that podcast, and we'd been sort of eyeing each other up and whatnot for fucking ages. And it took that podcast for, the, for it to be the catalyst and go, Actually, we're kind of into each other, aren't yeah. we? Like, we're not in a relationship or anything like that, but it was just sort of that sort of, we're kind of into each other, aren't yeah, we? Yeah. It was like, <laughs> it, it, it was almost that stepbrothers moment of, um, did we just become best friends? Yeah. Yup. Yeah. It, it was kind of that sort of moment. And um, we've been play partners ever since now, which has yeah. been awesome. And yeah. it just, that one little yeah. catalyst which changes the whole thing. And then quite often in our circles, especially uh, as we mentioned socially, you know, in your window is quite common, so sometimes it's like... Especially when oh, I'm around. Yeah, and me. So it's like, are we actually just filthy-minded, or are we laying subtle unconsciously here? And sometimes yeah. you just need that moment of, oh, we're both doing... Oh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And bringing it back to what we're actually meant to be <laughs> yeah. talking about, um, online it can seem like somebody's into you, and they have absolutely not. It's, it's very difficult, and again, it comes back to that, Seven percent of yeah. of communication is all we is all we get when we when we're using online forms yeah. of communication. Ninety three percent is reactions, facial movements, body language, everything else, and how we read that. Yeah, one of uh, one of the issues with Facebook, my partner and I, is that she's quite a linguistically she's quite a flirtatious person, and she wants to be flirting back for me, and I'm like. My problem is I flirt as a default, <laughs> so you know, it's not actually clear when I'm flirting with you or not, and she was feeling yep. you know, hurt and left out by that lack of emotional connection and that interest in just day-to-day conversation, mm. and it is very hard to just put that in without it being crass or crude mm-hmm. if, after you've already covered all the general things you're talking quite serious about other things. And it was like, should we just put slash F to indicate we're flirting after we finish the sentence? <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, might have actually worked, but, um, <laughs> so that is, that is fully on me. But, um, yeah, a lot of it does come down to how do I get that tone across? Yeah. And also, quite early on, you can be super flirtatious. Then things get kind of more unstable. You know, the NRE backs back a bit and you mm-hmm. kind of settle in to yourselves more. Yeah. You do get um, that problem. Yeah, just before you go, NRE, for those that don't know, um, new relationship energy, it's definitely more of a poly term. Yeah. You, but it does happen with mono people. As soon as you get into a new relationship, you want to spend as much time with them as you can. Do all of the Ooh. things and you're all excited and everything's fantastic. But yeah, sorry to interrupt. No, 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 it's totally good. I should have verified. Yeah. Uh, for those people who are mono, you'll notice in your friends when they say you're in your relationship and everything about their partner is fantastic, even if it's actually really fucking annoying. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's MRE talking and or, it is a drug. <laughs> or even... Um, they stop spending time with you as much. Yeah. They still spend a bit of time, but it's not quite as much. And as time goes on, they tend to come back and spend yeah. a little bit more time and a little bit more time, yeah. so on and so forth. Sorry. Where so, were you? Yeah, just uh, yeah, as, as I was saying, as that new relationship fades, it's quite hard to keep 
the flirting up because mm-hmm. your mind automatically progresses to a deeper level, but because you are missing one of the key parts of any relationship, which is that physical presence, not necessarily touch, though that's a very big part of it, mm-hmm. but that ability to smile at each other or to hold each other's hand, that ability to show that physical connection in the most intimate ways, or even not the most intimate ways, you, you are still heavily relying on text, but your mind mm-hmm. goes down the other path. It goes to language between us is now normalized. We have our in-jokes, but it's no longer a giant love fest. Yeah. So, and we've touched on it a little bit there, but one of the biggest sort of detractors, again, for online and long-distance relationship is that lack of physicality. Yeah. And, and you know, being able to... And let's be honest, sex as well is, yeah. is, is yeah. one of those big ones where when you get to a certain age where sexuality is heightened, you yeah. want to do that all the time. How have you managed to get over that hurdle thus far does the poly part help in that or is it just so uh, it's, it's definitely a hurdle to uh, be respected of that mm-hmm. um, but you can get it past it a big part of it is that both of them are quite highly sexual people mm-hmm. so it does detract a lot not being able to kiss to touch to hug to screw like that yeah, whole... so your language of love is that yeah yeah there's definitely a lot of physical touch between both of us in our mm-hmm. languages and um, yeah it is just an outright pain in the ass burden not having that. Uh, being poly does help because you can get, as horrific as I say, you can get that itch scratched with a person that you also have an emotional connection with mm-hmm. and it stops kind of the the emotional side being there but the physical side not being there poisoning the relationship because you go, well, you say all these things but I can't, it's not proven with flesh, I can't see yeah. it in your eyes every second of the day kind of thing. You do have to get overcome that emotional barrier. A lot of LDRs is emotional labor, is making mm-hmm. sure that you pres- you're emotionally present with the person yeah. because you can't be physically present with the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also does help quite often to be able to talk with uh, a GCR, you know, someone who's physically in the room, and even if they're not even in a relationship with you, they're just a friend about the issues to make sure that just you know, self-normalize. Yep. Sometimes it's very easy to drive yourself a bit crazy thinking, is this such a big deal or is it just a time zone clash or mm-hmm. the distance clash and things like that or and time zones are a big thing if you're going over a long long distance yeah kind of thing. because that person could be up in the morning and wanting to go for it and you're like it's 4am and I have to be up at work at 8 leave me the hell alone <laughs> yeah, I need to sleep yeah absolutely and um, as as part of that you noted on about um, having to self-normalize your feelings and all of that sort of stuff. And we talked about a little bit earlier about the emotional intelligence that comes as part of being poly. But I think there needs to be quite a high amount of emotional intelligence to even just be on in the online and long-distance relationship to sit there and go, okay, this thing, whatever it may be at that point, is tough at the moment. Is it because of something that's rooted within me? Is it something that... My partner's doing that I'm not happy about. And and then with with any relationship, again, it is nice to be able to talk to somebody else so you're not just internalizing it all yourself and trying to work through yeah, it yourself. Absolutely. Emotional intelligence is great. It's absolutely fantastic. But you can't take everything on yourself, can you? No, you can easily go down the wrong path even being much more different. They say something, you're like, I'm hurt by this. Let me sit back and think why I'm hurt by this. Yeah. But you still only have yourself as an echo chamber. And quite often, especially in scale relationships, it's very hard to then ask that other person, or even ask yourself, to consider it unemotionally because they're involved. Mm-hmm. So that's when you know, an outside voice can be just good, just to provide that counter viewpoint, or just to stop you going out of that spiral of mm-hmm. the emotions it brings up with you. Jealousy is an interesting thing in long distance relationships because it will be, and it is very easy to become jealous mm-hmm. of someone who gets to be physically present with them. Mm-hmm. Also, Absolutely. it's very easy for the time burden to shift because you know if you've only got a limited window when you're both awake and you know copus mentis, <laughs> you can really talk it to each other and you have scheduled calls or anything like that. And something that schedules and shifts time zones is just a, a gift in everything. <laughs> There's a couple of apps for you. Quite often they'll shift towards you the time zone it is, and you'll be like, "Yeah, I'm not doing a call at 4 a.m. on Sunday. Like, uh, oh, just oh. not going to happen." I see that's meant to be 4 p.m. Sunday in my time. Yeah, no, no. But, um, yeah, the ability to 
you know, step back from that self and get an exterior viewpoint on the situation and discuss your feelings and also go, I am jealous. That's my emotional labor. I'll own it. Mm-hmm. But what I'm actually jealous is, is that someone in their life has taken time I thought was reserved for me because something happened and they had to be physically present. There was yeah. an accident or a family emergency or, you know, a kid's birthday party. Um, I'm famously anti-children never respect, and so when I hear that <laughs> my time's been taken away because of someone else's kids, I'm just like, yeah, that's, that, that's not a good day. <laughs> but um, you know, still understanding and respecting the feelings of everyone involved, life happens. Life mm-hmm. gets in the way. And in an LDR, life gets in the way over a really long distance, so mm-hmm. it can really amplify things there. You know, you miss a call, someone, it's one of your three calls a week, you know, once it's not so bad, but if you miss the second one, you know, one you might be sick. <laughs> yeah. Or, um, you know, one of you has a birthday party to go to, or a sudden work shift, or something like that. You have to just be able to accept it, you know, analyze it, ex- explain why you're hurt, but also that it's not necessarily their responsibility to fix the pain. No, because sure. they likely didn't avoid this situation intentionally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, what a lot of people in GCRs don't understand is even just coming back home to the same bed and the same person every night is a much stronger reassurance than mm-hmm. you get from a phone call. Yep. You just have to accept that. And if the person's worth it, it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You, you can't disagree with it. There's people that have done crazy, crazy things for love. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember there was... <laughs> I'm hearing a story. It was on um, the Big Fat Quiz of the Year, which is a show in, in the UK, Fenton. 2018 has just come out. It's hilarious. Um, where a lady literally got into a rocket car to get to her love rival um, and shat herself on the way. Like she was that intent on getting to her man before. So I just sat there and went, <laughs> love can do crazy things to people. Yeah. But, um, yeah, getting – it's a great thing. It is. Let's be fair. And it's one of those things that we still, even as a species now, don't fully understand. Like we only recently understood the neurochemicals involved with the feeling of love. And even mm-hmm. though we still don't get them all very individual person, but love messes you up, but you love every second of it. Yeah. It does, it alters your brain chemistry, it alters your priorities. Like, um, obviously, now traveling to America and under the current political spectrum, America's not a place I probably would have thought I wanted to go. Um, to be fair, I went last year, and it wasn't bad enough. No, no, like, I, I've been... And I was in fucking New York. Yeah. Well, New York's probably... Yeah, right. I went to Boston and, oh, well, and yeah. D.C. Yeah, okay, yeah, those two, those two things probably stand out. But like, <laughs> I mean, I've been to America. I've been to a lot of places all over the world, and politically aside, most people every day are pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean... Some places that are active war zones, people are still pretty good. They're just pretty good with guns, which is a very different <laughs> argument. But, um, Sounds like America still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually. And a lot of that does come down to you're going to do something crazy, but be practical, and also it helps if you're going to do, take a big step in an LDR. Maybe wait until when your relationship energy has faded a bit, yeah. or get a second opinion. Um, you know, Especially, it's very easy in those first couple of months when the bond is really strong and your brain's fizzing with all those neurochemicals to go, yep, sudden romantic gesture, quit my job, fly overseas, and you actually start doing the paperwork, you're like, actually, this is not easy. Mm-hmm. And that quite often, real life is quite often a good buffer there. Yeah. But also, if they care about you, they don't want you to ruin your life for it. No. But you do need to consider if the LDR is going to become a more serious thing. Sooner or later, you're probably going to want to be together. Mm-hmm. There is a caveat there, you know, some uh, demisexual or asexual people may be happy with just the emotional variance, which is fine. Well, I, <laughs> I say, congratulations, you've managed to avoid most of the issues. <laughs> but uh, you'll find your own. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So you've, you've got two partners now. One's relatively new, one you've had for seven months or so now. Obviously, they know about each other because yeah. that's. That's how it works. Yeah. Important. Um, what do they think about the dynamic that you're currently in? Uh, it is interesting. Both of my partners have other partners as well, so okay. I have a single bond for any of them, which is quite reassuring. Um, I was my other only partner for a time. When, as always happens, as soon as you're off the market, people think you're on the market. Um, yep. Even though in being poly, 
Always on the market. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and it's quite interesting because she obviously very cares very much for her meters, and they do sell like one for people to her. There's obviously a really strong bond there, but they're quite a close-knit group, both in lifestyle, being poly and orientation, things like that, and also physically they are within you know, a half an hour's drive, which mm-hmm. is kind of a crazy thing to consider when the other one of you is 8,335 miles away, <laughs> <laughs> almost as far apart as it's possible to be, without like getting a boat and going to the middle of the uh, in, uh, Antarctic Ocean. But um, you do have to... Uh, bear that in mind right away is the time management thing is quite important mm-hmm. and also you know if you're going to develop jealousy or issues with your metamors it's very important to explain that a really good rule that uh the pun actually told me quite early on was you don't have to like your metamors mm-hmm. which i think is something really important don't be a dick yeah and don't actively try to undermine them or betray them or anything like that absolutely but um just again, again just to make jargon sure, <laughs> a metamor is your partner's partner who is not also your partner. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, like, being myself a rather socially awkward person, I haven't exactly been... We, there's a giant group chat, which is kind of the extended polycule, which is mm-hmm. the wider grouping of everyone who's connected by one or more polyamorous relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's pretty crazy, especially about 4 a.m., because obviously they're mostly in the States, and it's when you're all active. I've got a permanently muted, so I can yeah. sleep. Yeah, um, But... It's often quite hard for me in that sense to keep up and to understand, especially when you're referencing things that happened in reality as opposed to via the internet. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, they all seem like lovely people from the limited slice I've had, and I've got no reason to speak to anything differently. Yeah. But there is that sense of you know who, and it's a very human thing to go, who's the most important in the situation? Yeah. Just something you need to break yourselves. Really Shit, yeah. Especially Shit, really, yeah. it's just. It's, it's not the right way to be thinking about anything. No, it, it brings up too many things that can ruin yeah. everything. Yeah, really. it, can, it can ruin a monorelationship as well. Yeah, it, shit, yeah. It, it's, you know, Who, who's more important, your best mates or me? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a classic one there. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's definitely what I killed monorelationship. What, you're going out for drinks with the boys? What, I thought we were going to stay in tonight and have a have a night in, yeah, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, yeah, shared calendars help. Shared calendars do help. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, quite often there's things like that that come up and it's very easy to blame the meta or blame the partner for shifts there. And it's, mm-hmm. again, something you've just got to be aware of. Whereas, I mean, I do see how that's, you know, there will be a very long committed relationship. And it's a different dynamic again, but it's actually less involved, even though we're physically closer. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just the way the relationships work. Yep. And there's no drama or issue there. Every relationship is different. Every relationship yeah. is unique. And that balancing act of finding your own stability within a relationship that works for both of you mm. is basically the plight of humanity. So uh, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to ask, um, so your LDR partner has another partner. They've got their metamorphosis, yep. who is a GCR for them. Yes. That seems like it could be kind of tricky, like you're meeting up in, in Hawaii um, if it moves further on into, you know, one of you moves to the other country or something like that, or have you talked about that at all? Do you know? Yeah, it, it, it's kind of been a uh, thing we've kind of danced around. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we want to make sure that we clean to the person first before making. Of course, plans. yeah, yeah. Because you know, your minds can need on every level, but that physical energy between two people can not align, and that's something to be really. Yep. Conscious of really aware of before. Absolutely. Again, it's that 7% thing. Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, that is something to, we, we'll have to consider and talk about at some point. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty damn sure I'm not going to move from the USA. Just, <laughs> yeah. uh, for a couple of things, like please, please don't look too much at previous political posts I made. <laughs> um, I know partner would quite like New Zealand, would think it'd be a lovely place to visit, and it's just a matter of immigrating and things like that. But also, yeah, it, well, at some point there, that kind of move, you are placing one relationship higher than another because you're yeah. basically willing to. I don't think. And it becomes really tricky and, and yeah, yeah, can yeah. hurt people's feelings yeah, as well. It definitely can do. So, Unless yeah. they both just move over. Yeah, well, well <laughs> except it's quite an extended chain that then moves over. Ah, uh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
and, and what do you do there and you know what's the and, and then it comes back down to that question that you don't really want to phrase as what's the most important or what's mm-hmm. the primary but that is the thing you have to balance and yeah it does make you think a lot about questions there and quite often the problem is if you're in a stable power relationship is that you don't want the other one making choices that hurt or make them sacrifice things for yourself so mm-hmm. it's like well, yeah, what's going to be in first? Where are you going to find common ground and agree on, even if you're not disagreeing the rest of the time? Yeah. Jeez, full on. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's not something I ever expected. Did kind of hit me like a thunderbolt out of the blue. Yeah. Would turn down a second of it for any reason. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things you have to consider yeah. that kind of get washed away by, a GCR just because you're in the same city or the same country, yeah, <laughs> same hemisphere. <laughs> like, but it's it's not even the, the same hemisphere because they're in the opposite north and south hemisphere yeah, and the east and west, west hemisphere. Yeah, yeah, almost physically as far apart as possible. Um, yeah, so it's that whole question you've got also around like, yeah, if, if one of you's going to move, what's the job situation like? What's that stress going to be like? What about your family? Like, there's a lot of stuff that comes up. That you so to, much, yeah. Yeah, consider. And quite often that can seem daunting enough to end an LDR right then and there. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't. There are questions you need to consider as an adult in what life choices you want to make. But they are not, despite what you're saying, is that everyone doesn't need to put a burden on their partner. They're not choices you should make alone. Because the last thing you want to do is make that choice alone or have them make that choice alone. And, and it all turns to shit. Yeah, you get resentment and regret and things like yeah. that, and it just turns crap on you. Absolutely. So we'll we'll finish up with two two questions, and they're sort of nutshell questions and sort of ones that we've kind of gone over with already. In your LDR, we just talk about that alone first. What works and what doesn't at the moment? Ah, uh, scheduling. What are some what are some pain points? What are some great points? Some great great points. Well, pain and greater scheduling is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because the biggest pain point is just being in different sinks, being in different time zones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, one of you is getting up and going to work, the other one of you is coming home from work. Yeah, so that, that contact that you yeah. get. That contact, contact and also time. the frame of mind you're in. Yeah. Like someone's just had a crap day at work and you're off to work. You don't really want that negativity to come through and ruin your day at work. Mm-hmm. But also you still need to be there for your partner. So that's a big thing to be sure. around is your emotional position versus their emotional position at any given point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely the lack of physical connection if you are a physical person, if you're not, you know, ace or gray or demisexual like that, uh, that can be a really, really big burden. You know, some, there are ways and means around it. Some people find, you know, make a chat fine or incredibly explicit cyber sex fine. I was like, you know, fine what works for you, but you do have to expect that there's going to be, it is a hurdle. It's not a barrier, but I say, but it is a hurdle mm-hmm. you need to get around. And also you need to be in constant communication about it. You need to be clear to the other person what you need and what you'd like and what they need what they like in the middle ground. Yep. And yeah, communication, 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 especially because 7% of what is what's getting through there. So you've got to yep. communicate a hell of a lot more about that 7% greater than everything. In saying that, though, don't sit there when yep. you know the time zones are opposite and go, hey, these are all my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. You're asleep, but here's all my thoughts. Yeah, There's nobody else in word essay on the way my heart currently feels. <laughs> Who wants to wake up to that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and cool. So one last one, and it's again, it's kind of all encompassing of what we've what we've talked about, and it may it may seem kind of obvious as well. Um, the the main differences that you find. Not obviously not so much physically because that's an obvious one, but between LDRs and GCRs, so your geographically close relationships, your long distance ones. Um, what are the sort of differences and what are some of the similarities in those relationships? Yeah, and I think one of the big similarities is you need to be open and honest about your emotions. Like, yeah, and it's like it's just true for every kind of relationship. If, if you're not open and honest, you're gonna fuck it up sooner or later. Yep, and you're gonna either fuck it up for you or fuck it up for both you, which is never a good thing. No. Uh, definitely one of the bigger differences is certainly just stuff like, are you going to go to a New Year's Eve party? It's possibly the same party if it's a GCR. Probably not the same party if it's an LDR. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, 
time zones, different events, the weather is a for amazingly relevant thing when you know one of you's all rugged up and warm because it's absolutely pissing down sleet outside. The other one of you's like it's sweating balls. <laughs> yeah, it's three hundred degrees. I'm on the beach. <laughs> and uh, you know, seasonal affectation disorder, things like that. A lot of things build into just that that time sinking. And also, as I said, and touched on quite a lot through this thing, what you say with your words is not what is not necessarily what is heard. Mm-hmm. And just making sure that's clear. In a GCR, even if it's a text or things like that, they've probably seen you in your face. They know time. your mannerisms. Yep, they they know, know how you say certain things. Yeah, they'll hear it in your voice, which yeah. is a big, big boost to that. But likewise, in LDR, you're probably going to spend more time wondering about what they're trying to say, which is not necessarily a bad thing. No. Yeah. So, yeah, awesome. That's great. Yeah. Thank you very much for that. Um, yeah, really, really cool to speak to you. And like I said, I've had these kinds of experiences as well myself, but it's cool being able to bounce off somebody else and go yeah. through the w- different ways that people do it as well. So yeah. we've, talk- we've talked about a couple of different uh, long distance relationship types, I guess, for lack of a better term, where you've got you've met first and then had the distance between you, mm-hmm. you've had the distance between you, and you're going to meet up at some point, um, how they can succeed, how sometimes they don't, whole bunch of stuff that we've gone through on this. So it's been it's been really, really cool chatting to you about it. It's been uh, really interesting, and I think um, there'll be a lot of people that will learn a thing or two. Uh, and, and, and hopefully, I'm hoping there are some people who are, anti-online relationships and anti-long-distance relationships who come through and hear a human aspect of this as well, not just looking at it from afar and going, that's bullshit. Yeah, it is very easy to judge them. I'm not going to sit here and say I've never judged them, especially after one ends. It's mm-hmm. easy to throw things at that. But, you know, whether you talk to someone face-to-face or through the internet, it's still a person the other one the line. You're still a person. It's all people. Exactly. Couldn't agree more. Thank you again.